welcome to the School of Laughs podcast, brought to you by SchoolofLaughs.com. Whether you're an aspiring comedian, a part-time pro, or a speaker who wants to become funnier, this is the podcast for you. We'll break down tools, tips, and techniques to help you get bigger, better, and more bookable. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to the School of Laughs podcast. Rick Roberts here. Hoping you're having a great spring. Kind of got hot here quick in Nashville, but uh, otherwise doing pretty well myself. Hope it's a good one for you. I'd like to once again thank our sponsor, the Clean Comedy Challenge, for supporting the podcast. I believe that wraps up our sponsorship run for them, which opens up some sponsorship opportunities for other folks. If you'd like to get on board with that, just shoot me an email at schooloflaughs at gmail.com. Hey, you know, uh, a lot of things coming up for me in the next couple of weeks before we get in the episode. I just kind of want to share them with you in case you happen to be in the Nashville area. Uh, the first, the performance class starts right here in Nashville on May 16th, 2018. It also meets on the 23rd and 30th. You get on stage, you get feedback, get a lot of uh, tips and experience. That class is $200. If you're interested in that, we have one spot remaining schooloflaughs at gmail.com put performance class in the subject heading and then if you would like to see me do my thing i'll be recording a set for tv at the tbn studios in hendersonville tennessee which is just north of nashville about 30 minutes tops and that's may 24th it's a thursday night i'll be on the uh, huckabee show and that's a show i i do the warm-up but uh, on this particular episode i will be doing my show and i'll be on the episode that episode comes out on May 26th. That's a Saturday, and it re-airs on Sunday. You can catch that at TBN on your service provider, whether it's satellite or cable that's on there. TBN's in every single country in the world, so you can find it if you look. And that showtime is 7 o'clock on that Saturday if you want to watch it on TV, 7 o'clock Central Time. If you want to come out and catch the performance live, shoot me an email. Again, at schooloflance at gmail.com. Put Huckabee Ticks. In the subject line, I'll see if I can get you in there. Tickets are free, but there is limited availability in the theater, so we want to make sure I get you a seat if you want to come check that out. All right, let's get into this week's episode. All right, guys, today it's just you and me. We're going to talk today about getting things kind of lined up, getting things corrected before they get too crazy. And uh, the theme for this podcast is weed and feed. That's right. Uh, it's springtime here in Nashville, Tennessee. We went from really wet to 90 degrees. There was not much of a spring in between. It was like, boom, there it is. And uh, my yard was caught off guard by far. I laid down a little bit of grass seed earlier, uh, maybe a month or two ago when it was really rainy and got that seeded in pretty good. But man, as soon as it got hot... The weeds were popping up all over the place, dandelions, uh, a lot of clover. I don't mind clover as much, but it's still a weed, uh, and it kind of gets in there, really takes root, and keeps your grass from growing. Had a lot of chickweed and uh, different things in the backyard, and again, wasn't looking too good. So I applied this stuff called Weed and Feed, and what it does, basically, it's got two main Uh, chemicals in there one attaches itself to the leaves of the weeds and poisons it down to the root so you kind of leave it on there you apply it when it's still wet and that way it kind of sticks to it it's kind of a powdery thing 
And then uh, over the course of a week or two, it gets all the way down into the roots and kills that sucker. And, and you know, can leave a little blank spot in your yard if you have a lot of weeds concentrated in one area. And that's what it did in mine. And then the other part is the fertilizer, which, you know, hey, I don't know how it can tell what parts the fertilizer and what parts the weed killer and how it lands on the right spot. But it does. The uh, fertilizer doesn't fertilize the weeds. It only fertilizes your grass and multiple types of grasses even, not just the uh, regular uh, bluegrass that we have here or fescue, but even the centipede grass or zoysia or whatever they call the other stuff. But anyway, it feeds that and helps those roots get deeper, stronger, and the blades of grass, of course, represent that on the top side. And so when I was weeding and feeding, and I know, you know, if you're in Colorado, that probably means a whole different thing. Probably means, you know, you're heading off to get munchies after you do the first part. But anyway, uh, as I was weeding and feeding, I started thinking, you know, you should do this to your show. You should do this to your act. You should do this to your business uh, at least twice a year, as they recommend with taking care of your yard. Uh, in the fall, I'll do the same thing again. And, and after that, hopefully my grass will be growing pretty strong next year. And I'll just, you know, spot weed it with a spray instead of putting the chemicals out across the whole nine yards. But, you know, what is in your show that's a weed that's crowding the grass, the good stuff out? What is taking root and preventing solid jokes, jokes, maybe the jokes you should be doing? And you know the jokes you should be doing. You know the jokes you probably shouldn't be doing. Although, hey, everything's funny, right? But there are jokes that are like weeds. They're preventing you from getting better opportunities. They're preventing other jokes from taking root and having some time in your act. They're preventing you from growing in general and becoming a more beautiful lawn of a comedian. So as corny as that is, it makes a lot of sense. I looked at my own act when I started thinking about this episode, and there are jokes, the simple jokes, the more to the hacky side, making fun of Arkansas. Uh, you know, I don't need to be doing that. They're they're already piled on already, and that's not breaking any new comedic ground. Why is I, Why am I still telling that joke? That's the question, you know? Do you have jokes like that? Jokes that are a little bit either time dated or maybe just you're better than that. You're a better comic than that. Maybe you're punching down, making fun of the homeless or somebody else who, you know, doing the best they can with what they got, you know, now that they're in the situation. Uh, whatever it might be, we all have a joke. I haven't watched a single comedian, even the most uh, cleanest comedians, even the most filthiest comedians, uh, anywhere in between that couldn't use a little weed and feed. I see some jokes, I'm like, oh man, uh, you know, you don't need to go there. You're much better than that. Uh, whether it was content, whether it was language, whether it was just cheap, easy laughs, uh, there's a time for that, a short period of time for that for some folks when you first start. But once you get rolling and people are paying top dollar to come out and see you, uh, or you're in alongside other people that are getting paid, and maybe you're doing a guest set and you're on a professional bill, you should be bringing out your your A game. And you know that. I know that. But somehow I still let some of these weeds, some of these things crowd out my show. Other examples, you know, I have some jokes that are a little long-winded now. Do a lot of speaking events where, you know, they have a little bit more patience. They're not expecting comedy club level laughter. I try to give it to them anyway. But there are stories that I have that take up a little too much space in my show. And that's also crowding out space for opportunity, space for new jokes to grow, and for stronger jokes to take root. So, a few different things. What are the weeds in your act? What's taking up way too much time? 
What are some jokes that really, if you started today, you wouldn't write today? You know, a long time ago, I heard on uh, Dave Ramsey, he's a guy who talks about financial peace. And he mentioned, uh, some guy called in and said, I got a rental property and I, I got two rental properties and I, I got a house I need to pay off. And Dave's advice was always, well, here's how you handle all these extra debts and possessions. Being where you are now in your life, would you go buy these things? If not, sell them. And we are sometimes stuck with things that we've just had for a while. They're a part of our possessions, they're part of our act, they're part of our life. But if we started today fresh, knowing what we know, we probably wouldn't go out and get those things or be bogged down by those things. So think of it like this, maybe. If you were starting your new show or turning over a, a new leaf, perhaps, what jokes would you want to keep? Which jokes are your every single show, killer jokes, every time you tell them, big laughs, and they're jokes that should be in your show, strong, well-rooted material. Keep those, and then get rid of the material, the weeds that are crowding it out. You know, when I put out the weed and feed uh, a little while back, it said uh, to go around the edges first, and then make passes back and forth throughout your lawn. And uh, they say the same thing when you're supposed to mow the yard. Do the outside edges first, and then come in. Same thing when you water it. And I started thinking, why not do that with your act? You know, think about your opener and your closer. Is your opener the best it can be? Is it dated? Is it old? Is it just there because it's always been there? If you were starting a new, would you put it there? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe your closer has been there forever and it's preventing you from starting, uh, from ending your shows with a bigger bit, a newer bit, a stronger bit, a bit that better connects with your audience, gets a better reaction, maybe gets you a standing ovation or an applause break as opposed to just a, a strong finish. So think about that. You're opening and you're closing. Those are what people are going to remember you by. I mean, you could be funny all through the middle, but if your first two or three minutes is lame and your last two or three minutes doesn't live up to the rest of your act, eh, people are going to remember that. And they're not going to, you know, come out and see you again, probably. You know, the other thing I noticed when I was weeding and feeding uh, two weeks after the fact now is that my brown patches where I've killed the weeds off are pretty big. I had a lot of weeds in the yard and I want to plant some new grass seed on that. But according to the directions, I can't plant it right away because the two chemicals in the yard, the fertilizer and then the weed killer, aren't going to be the best to help the new grass grow. You would think the fertilizer would be able to get in there and do some work with the new seeds, but it says, you know, you probably ought to wait three or four months. That's the whole summer right here. So I'm going to I'm gonna experiment with that and see if uh, maybe the grass does take, as long as I keep it wet and keep it watered and give it some sun. But who knows? What I know with my act, though, is those big brown spots that are left after I pulled those jokes out of my show, I can go in there and start working that right away. You know, I can work them at open mics, different opportunities, and start adding them into my full-time show. But it really made it clear which jokes I should keep and which jokes I shouldn't keep. The other thing it said was apply this weed and feed while the grass is wet. And I think I want to transfer that thought to sit down after a recent show, you know, right after, and get your set list out and go back and go, you know, is this one, even when I did it tonight, was I excited to tell this joke or did I just tell it because it's in there and it kind of works? Look through your set while it's still fresh in your mind and see if it's something you should keep, see if it's something you should drop out and get rid of.
And I think you know which jokes I'm talking about, even without having to get your set list out. You probably know a few you're telling that just don't even need to be there anymore. Not that they're embarrassing, but you're just better. And so what you need to do is go out there and start reseeding and feeding and weeding your act. Uh, I also think this applies to your business. I look every year, at the end of the year, I look at all my gigs. I put them in categories, whether they at clubs, corporate, church, fundraiser, whatever it might be. You know, what did they pay? What, uh, what were possibilities that could grow from those events? You know, sometimes I'll do an event uh, for free for a, a company or a corporate event if there's a benefit to me uh, by doing that. And sometimes I do it just out of my heart, honestly. But other times I'm trying to develop a new speech, a new act, new jokes, new material, new songs. and Or maybe I need to get a video or I might need to get some recommendations, uh, referrals. All those things are collateral you can swap out when you do a show for, for less than your normal fee if you have a set fee. But anyway, I look at the end of the year and I see what generated the best return and I trace that back to where those leads came from, and then I really go after those the next year. Conversely, I look at the bottom feeders, the lowest 20%. What did I spend a lot of time on and didn't reap much of a reward from? And it wasn't mutually beneficial for me or the client. And I stopped taking those gigs. And every year there's another category of gigs, a small sliver of the pie that I'm like, eh, it's not for me anymore. You know, the first thing obviously was uh, any event where I had to be crude because that's not my style. And then shortly after that, if it was a really youth-oriented crowd, started scratching that because that's not my demo. And uh, colleges, that's out now. You know, I could do them. I could stand there for an hour. But is that the best fit for them? Eh, not for me either. I won't enjoy it. And so at the end of the year, I go through this process and I apply what's called the Pareto Principle or the 80-20 rule to all these findings and see what I should and should not be doing. The 80-20 rule basically says that 20% of your focused effort can generate 80% of your results. Conversely, 80% of your unfocused effort can generate 20% of your results for the day. Uh, this applies to a lot of different things. A couple of quick examples. Uh, 80% of the crimes in our country are committed by 20% of the criminals. Repeat offenders that get back out there and do the same thing all over again. 80% of our healthcare resources are eaten up by 20% of the people who use them. So just one-fifth of the people are using 80% of our healthcare resources. And if you know somebody who's been sick or you have, you know, usually once you have one illness, it's easier to catch another one. All of a sudden you're taking two medications and then a third medication to negate the side effects of the first two. And all of a sudden you're back in for visits for things because you're overcompensating uh, on one half of your body for the other half, whatever it might be. And you're eating up a lot of resources, whereas, you know, the other 80 percent just go in for a checkup, go home. And then the other example of the Pareto principle is in marriage. Uh, 20% of the times the husband makes the right decision. 80% of the time the wife does. And 100% of the time the wife is correct. So if you want to live a long, happy life, uh, you got to know that Pareto principle and apply it to your, to your spouse, to your situation. But you can do this uh, with your business. Look at what you spent the most time on and see if it generated the most results. And if not, you were either unfocused when you were attempting to achieve that goal or you simply were trying to achieve the wrong thing. Look at things that are more in your control and less things that are out of your control. And then again, what's the most rewarding? If you have a goal outside of earning money, which is great, um, 
what serves that goal the best? What kind of events should you be doing? What kind of jokes should be telling? What kind of people should you be hanging out with and networking with and, and also helping? You know, when nothing else is going on right in your life, go ahead and help somebody else. I find any time I do that, uh, the focus is taken off of whatever trouble I'm going through, whatever hardship, and I'm immediately put in a place of, of helping somebody and serving, which leads to me being served in some other way. Always happens that way. So if you're listening to this and you take away nothing else uh, from the weed and feed part or anything, the 80-20 rule, uh, when you're down and out, try to find somebody else to help, and and that'll turn your whole attitude around. Big, big a lesson there that I've learned over the years. Uh, also, with the 80-20 rule, think about your relationships. Which relationships are kind of getting toxic? Should you be spending that much effort with somebody or someone that is uh, not appreciative of where you're coming from and the help you're trying to give and the, the all the stuff you're pouring into the relationship? If that's the case, weed and feed. Sprinkle some weed killer on there. Uh, open up some space for a new relationship, new connection, new network opportunity, new friendships, and let that grow. You know, why keep on doing the same thing and getting negative results when you can just change the thing that you're doing and see what happens? And I think if you apply this 80-20 rule across the board and make some attempts to weed and feed not only your comedy shows, but your relationships, your business approach, you'll have a much better looking yard slash act. And it'll be a lot easier to take care of four months from now or six months from now when you go through this process again. There'll be less weeds, better rooted yard, better rooted jokes, hopefully. And then you do this a couple times a year and get back on track. It doesn't take much, especially for us comic types or creative types in general, to get sidetracked with something that looks shiny and new and interesting. But the reality is when somebody hires us, they're expecting a specific product and if that product is full of weeds and junk and garbage, uh, we're not going to get hired again, and we're going to have diminishing returns across the board. So that's the thoughts for this week. A little shorter than normal. Uh, I've got a lot on my plate. To be honest with you, I'm trying to get a couple of things knocked out here before June. But I did think it was time to, to go through this, and uh, I think it's worthwhile. You know, you can go to schooloflives.com and check out free resources click that link, you'll see a variety of helpful tips like this, different things you can do to help your act, your business out. And those are free for downloading. You don't have to join the email list. If you would like to join the email list and be notified every month on the 1st and 15th when a new episode comes out, just go to schooloflaughs.com and you'll see a little box that you can check for the insider tip sheet that'll automatically sign you up for the newsletter. And then if you like a lot of this kind of stuff and you're like, man, I need to do something like this every single week, then you can join Club 52, which is a weekly email that you get that gives you specific steps you can take to make your career bigger, better, and make you more bookable. You can check that out online as well at schooloflast.com. Check the Club 52 link, read all about it, and if you'd like to get involved, it can be for as little $7 a month is the entry fee. Club 52 at the $7 level or above also gets you involved with a monthly Skype or Zoom hangout call where you can ask me questions, get some answers, and also network and meet other comics from across the country who are at different levels, maybe behind you or in front of you or further along or less further along, that you can share ideas with and help each other out. And the next Zoom Hangout will be coming out soon. If you're on the Club 52 list, you'll get an email about that, and you'll be able to join in, get your questions answered, and have a little fun. Hey, that's it for today. 
You guys have fun. If you're in Nashville, come out and see me May 24th. It's a Thursday at TBN Studios in Hendersonville. You can join the performance class starting May 16th. Also runs on the 23rd and 30th, a three-part class. And this Christian Comedy Association conference happening June 3rd through the 5th in Nashville. You can check out ChristianComedyAssociation.com for details on that. Shoot me an email on any of those things, schooloflast at gmail.com, and I'll get back to you with more information. Thanks a lot. Enjoy your spring. Stay safe out there and stay funny. I'm going to pop in here just for a second and let's acknowledge our sponsor, the Clean Comedy Challenge. Are you a comic who wants to take your comedy to the next level? Sometimes you need a little help. And that's where the Clean Comedy Challenge comes into play. This is Leslie Norris Townsend, and I'm the creator and producer of this challenging event. This year, we have three different locations, each with a cash prize. Two of the three are full-blown three-day events with seminars, critiques, and performances in a real comedy club. Past attendees include Johnny W., Charlene May, Andy Medango, Marty Simpson, and Mike Paramar all who are now full-time comedians. So, if you're ready to take advice from the pros and perform in a real comedy club, go to cleancomedychallenge.com. It's not where you start, it's where you finish. And don't forget to mention Rick Roberts' School of Laughs, so I know where you came from. Thanks for listening to the School of Laughs podcast. If you'd like to hear more School of Laughs podcasts, you can find them on iTunes and Stitcher.com. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For information on upcoming live and online classes, visit schooloflaps.com. Until next time, stay tuned, stay focused, and stay funny.